This is Beat the Closing Line with Nicole, Mo, and Eli. Hey everyone, welcome back to Beat the Closing Line. I am your host, Nicole Russo, alongside resident NFL analyst for thelines.com, Eli Hershkovich and Mo Nawara. Now we have made it to the playoffs. So today we're going to take a look at some of these wildcard matchups and discuss bets that we like as we head into the postseason. The guys are 28-20. Actually, no, I lied. They are 38, 24, (laughs) and 2. I'm not giving you guys credit for all of your winning bets so far this season. And uh, I hope we discussed last week that you guys were thinking about taking the Browns plus 3, and you were so sure that the Steelers couldn't get it done. And to be honest, I actually didn't think we were going to win by as much as we did, but we pulled it off for Tomlin. So did either of you bite the bullet and actually take the Browns last week? I didn't end up back in Cleveland. I had the Titans and the Packers Lions under both of those hit. I know Mo, sorry to say Mo, you had Cleveland, I believe in a bunch of different directions. Lost many dollars on the Browns this weekend (laughs) in many different forms, but that's okay. It was still a, it was still a good weekend because of live wagers. My second straight week crushing it on live wagers. So I actually gave them to the people in the discord this week. So uh, we got some in there for the for the masses. So even more reason if you are not already in the Discord channel, following the Discord channel, have the notifications on for the Discord channel to go over there and do so. All right. Should we get into wildcard weekend? Let's do it. Let's do it. All right, guys, so the Niners are going to host the seventh-seeded Seattle Seahawks this weekend. This will mark their third matchup this season, and the Niners are currently 2-0 and in that series. Now, Seattle got into the playoffs by securing a 19-16 overtime win against the Rams in the regular season finale and with Green Bay's loss to Detroit as well, so they just snuck in there. Now, on the other side of the field, the Niners have yet to lose a game with starter Brock Purdy, Mr. Arella turned Mr. Relevant when he stepped in when Jimmy Garoppolo got hurt. Now, Mo, you're taking a look at this matchup and you like the Seahawks plus nine and a half here. Yeah, ready to get poked in the eye by uh, Brock Purdy again. Um, I think I'm like 0-3 fading him, maybe (laughs) something like that. I I did get a plus 10, though. Uh, Posted this in the Discord. Beat, Beat the dead horse here, but... If you were in the Discord, you could have beat the market here. Hopefully, we'll see. We'll see where it ends up. But for now, uh, looks like the plus tens are going away. Um, I posted that on Sunday. It was actually plus ten all day yesterday as well, I believe. So plenty of time uh, to to get that one. But uh, it sounded like initially, actually, all the money was on the Niners. Uh, our uh, good friend Stephen Andres was saying in the Discord that uh, open minus six and a half here, I think, and then just like infinite money came in on the Niners, moved it all the way to 10. And I kind of get why people want to back the Niners here. I mean, the Seahawks backdoored their way in, you know, they needed uh, the Lions to win. They did not have a particularly impressive close to the season. I was looking at their, like, I think maybe one good game in their final eight weeks when they pasted the Jets and questionable how, uh, how impressive that even is when the Jets basically didn't show up um but i I think that creates an old reliable buy low sell high spot here um this is still a rookie quarterback a seventh round pick laying 10 points or close to 10 if you get the nine and a half i had i had eight and a half as fair so 
I still think the nine and a half is okay. And we know how rookie slash like first time quarterbacks tend to play in the playoffs. It's not good. Jalen Hurts, Lamar Jackson, among the players we've seen just play absolutely atrociously in their first playoff games recently. Um, I, I do think it helps that the Seahawks have a veteran quarterback. You know, Gino's not going to be phased by this spot. He is going to be under a lot of pressure, though. That's really my biggest fear in this game. I watched basically the whole game the last time these two teams played, and he just did not have any clean pockets to work with. The 49ers pretty much overwhelmed their offensive line, so they need to kind of do some stuff scheme-wise. I'm hoping they can. They do have, you know, a veteran coaching staff as well, so I I think that'll help. Uh, Can't have another 40% pressure rate here like they did in the last game. That's that's like that would like lead the NFL basically. Um, So yeah, that that's not good. Uh, Really, a big wild card here though is the weather. could depress the scoring overall i'm thinking which i think is helpful for my plus 10 here but on the other hand a rainstorm does potentially favor a team that wants to run the ball a little more which the niners are one of the strongest rushing offenses and they they destroyed the seahawks on the ground in the first two games i think they rushed for 170 plus and like 190 in both of their (laughs) matchups here so uh, <clears throat> hopefully the Seahawks can actually, though, help them commit more uh, to playing some heavier boxes and, and really challenge Purdy here. So I'm hoping the rain just makes for a lower scoring game and helps my bet out, but it could do some different things here. Uh, you know, it, it could be crazy. I I was reading there's these storms, they knocked out like 400, 500,000 people from having power last weekend. So we'll see if this is as crazy as last weekend's. Yeah, this one's a tough spot for me because of this 49ers defense and just how good that they are. And for the Seahawks to cover, I think Geno's going to have to be a little more sharp, uh, turn the ball over three times in the last three games. And I also think, and you touched on this, San Francisco can exploit the Seahawks, which do allow the third most rushing yards this season. And they have the tools on the ground to exploit that rush defense. And I I think the Niners win here with this being such a large spread. I'm personally going to pass on this one. Eli, what are your thoughts? Yeah, Mo and you both mentioned how the Seahawks have struggled to prevent opposing Russian attacks from going off. And like Mo mentioned, Kyle Shanahan in this 49ers zone rushing scheme is one of the best rushing offenses in the NFL. But if you go back to week 15 when these two teams last faced off, Al Woods, one of the better run-stopping defensive tackles in the NFL, didn't play in that game, and he's he's going to be suiting up in this game. So you factor that in, and maybe Seattle can limit San Francisco a bit more on the ground, lower total, bigger spread. I lean towards Seattle, but I am a little bit concerned backing Geno Smith and the Seahawks offense right now. Since week 14, Geno has the fourth fewest expected points added per dropback. So as much as I might be a little bit more of a believer in Seattle's ability to slow down Christian McCaffrey and San Francisco's ground game, I can't get behind the Seahawks offense right now. So I'm going to pass to Nicole. And we're going to take it back to Mo because we're trying to go in chronological order for you here. And uh, he's got the, the earlier slate. So we're taking a look at the Jags. One year after going 3-14 and and having the number one draft pick, the Jags are in the playoffs and they will face the Chargers. Now, only two other teams 
have gone from the number one draft pick to winning a playoff game the next year. Mo, not you don't necessarily or you're not necessarily saying the Jags are going to win this one, but you are considering them at plus one and a half. Yeah, that's a that's a cool stat actually. <laughs> I hadn't seen that. Um, I'm interested in the Jags. I haven't fired on the Jags yet. I do think the line is a little too high. I kind of thought this one should be a pick or maybe even Jags minus one. It is a good situational spot for them. You do have the Chargers traveling cross country on a short week here. I think that should certainly help the Jags a little bit. And more importantly, uh, Mike Williams did get banged up in the last game. Just a bizarre situation. Uh, The Chargers just opted to like play like it was a serious game for like three quarters of the game. And of, of, of all teams that should be, I think, careful about about exposing their guys to injuries. I think the Chargers should maybe be the most leery of it, but here they were and it maybe bit them. I don't, we'll see what happens, but they said they expect Mike Williams to practice, which means he should be playing. But if he's less than a hundred percent, who knows? I mean, <clears throat> we have seen this offense really kind of, sputtered along in a lot of spots when they don't have Mike Williams and Keenan Allen, both healthy and available. Um, that being said, I was actually looking and their a dot has been very, very healthy in recent weeks. So, uh, above seven, closer to eight in some of these games, which makes me think maybe I should stop dumping on the chargers offensive coordinator. Maybe it's all the injuries. Um, but I don't know, but it was horrible for most of the season where it was just dump off city to Austin Eckler. I mean, Austin Eckler is a good player, but that's not how you want to run your offense. Um, also Joey Bosa coming back. He was having a few, um, effective pass rushes against, against the Broncos. So with the chargers kind of rounding into form and getting healthy, I am a little bit leery of fading them. I'm not sure if I'm going to, pull the trigger here i'm thinking about maybe a teaser possibly with the bucks here um trevor lawrence i thought played very well against the titans i know people were dumping on him for some high profile misses big end zone miss where dude was wide open but overall i thought he had a very good game and and he he has a coach that is good in the playoffs doug peterson is a good coach he we've seen him succeed and win in the playoffs and i still am a little bit leery of this charters coaching staff so i I thought the Jags, I think they're a strong team, and I think they're right there with the Chargers. Your dog either really agrees with you or really disagrees with you. (laughs) I can't tell, but he has been quite vocal on, hey, no, you should just let him keep making his his picks. That's what, you know, he's part of. Look, poor Mo, he's kicking the dog out of the room. Um, Eli, what do you (laughs) think about this matchup? We'll just, you know, let Mo come back whenever he's ready. Yeah, I think Mo's dog certainly <laughs> agrees with Mo's picks because he Mo did take two dogs in the teaser, teasing <laughs> teasing up the Bucks and the Jags. But to Mo's point, actually, Mo's brought up some great points so far. And Jags Chargers down to a pick at Caesars. That's the one sports book that has this game at a pick'em. And you can find the rest of the NFL wildcard odds over at the lines.com for spreads, totals, and money line bets as well. But Mo mentioned some of the Chargers injuries, and it looks like Mike Williams, Joey Bosa, and Kenneth Murray are all going to play, even though they suffered some setbacks in Week 18. I agree with Mo. No clue what the Chargers coaching staff was thinking playing those guys, playing like it was a meaningful game. But the biggest mismatches for me are Justin Herbert against the Jaguars secondary and the Chargers pass rush against 
this Jacksonville offensive line, which is very susceptible. So while the spread seems right to me, I do think Los Angeles has the biggest advantages in this game, the biggest edges, and I can't bet Jacksonville. You know, you go back to last week, Mo mentioned how Lawrence missed a couple throws, especially to Christian Kirk, and Jacksonville was, what, Joshua Dobbs, a fumble resulting in a touchdown, a great play by the Jaguars' defense, but they're one sequence away from not playing in this game. And obviously that doesn't indicate that Jacksonville can't go on a run or at least can't win in the wild card round. But I, I don't like the way Jacksonville matches up against LA if those three guys are indeed going to suit up. So going to pass on another game for me. You're listening to the lines.com podcast network. Looking for the latest player props and the best betting odds from the top us sports books all in one place. Then join us right here every day this season for free picks and best bets from the sports betting experts you can trust. Check out the lines.com NFL Megapod as Matt Brown, Steven Andrus, and Adam Candy break down every game for this weekend's football slate. Join the Coast to Coast podcast crew Mondays through Fridays as Nate Weitzer and Josh Lander bring you the best player props and game lines for Major League Baseball, the NBA, and the NFL. And tune in to Beat the Closing Line twice a week as Nicole Russo, Mo Nawara, and Eli Hershkovich dive into NFL opening lines, plus special guests from the sports betting world. So subscribe, rate, and review to the Lines Podcast Network, the source you can trust to make you a better sports better. All right, Eli, we're going to take it over to your bets now, and we're going to take a look at the Giants and the Vikings. Now, the Giants in the last game of the regular season against Philly didn't really play any of their starters, played a lot of backups, so it's really hard to take their performance last weekend and use it to handicap this wild card matchup against the Vikings. Now, the last two times... The last time these two teams met was on Christmas Eve, where the Vikings won 27-24, to but a lot of that was due to some Giants mishaps. Now, New York is a three-point dog here, and you think they can cover. I love this matchup from a lot of different angles. So, let's start off with the negative for New York. The low negative, at least how I see it, because Mo mentioned first-time quarterbacks against quarterbacks that have some sort of experience in the playoffs or at least first-time playoff quarterbacks making, again, their first start. And those quarterbacks, 16-34 and 34 straight up, 14-35, and one against the spread. So that indicates that Daniel Jones could struggle against a Minnesota team that's playing in one of the best and biggest home field advantages in the NFL. But I still think Minnesota is due for even more regression than what we've seen of late. And even with that being said, Minnesota did pull off another one score win against New York, like you mentioned, Nicole on Christmas Eve. So that's one of 11 one score wins this season for the Vikings. That's an NFL record. And consider also that the Vikings finished with the worst point differential in comparison to the Lions and the Packers. So two teams that finished below them in the NFC North standings. You flip some of those games, the Vikings are potentially a wildcard team or maybe even missing the playoffs. And if you go back to that Giants loss, even though the Vikings didn't cover that game, the Giants did cover as four and a half point road dogs and lost the game outright. Obviously, New York didn't have a Dory Jackson in that game, who's a top 30 coverage cornerback this season. And also safety Xavier McKinney didn't play Aziz Ojolari, who's underperformed this year when he suited up in terms of his pass rushing ability. But he still suffered an injury early on in that game and only played minimal snaps. So that's big. The Giants are going to have him back. And then on the other side, the Vikings are 
much, much less healthy in this game as right tackle Brian O'Neill is done for the season. And Kevin O'Connell also alluded to the fact that center Garrett Bradbury could miss this game too for Minnesota. So the Vikings very banged up on their offensive line. And considering the fact that Minnesota ranks number 22 in the NFL in pass block win rate, again, with Ojalary and Thibodeau, I think the Giants are going to be able to get a lot of pressure. Dexter Lawrence also healthy and going to suit up. And with that being considered, Week Martindale, the Giants defensive coordinator, who's very much known for his blitzing prowess and just if you go back to his Baltimore days, the Ravens blitzed a ton. The Giants are blitzing a ton since Wink has taken over this New York defense. And that's, again, the fact here this season, the Giants have the eighth highest pressure rate in the NFL and the highest bliss percentage in the league. So you couple that with the Giants getting healthier in their secondary. I think York has an advantage on that side of the ball if they can generate pressure on Cousins. And then also just a big mismatch for this Giants offense, even with a quarterback making his first career playoff start. Brian Dable versus Ed Donatel to me is a complete mismatch, especially with Dable getting a chance to adjust after their first meeting back in week 16. The Vikings rank number 21 in the NFL in opponents' rushing success rate. So if Saquon Barkley can have success on the ground, be efficient on the ground, which I think he'll be able to do, then it's Daniel Jones getting an opportunity off of play-action pass attempts against a shell zone defense that Donatel runs. And if you compare Jones's numbers against man-to-man coverage versus zone coverage, it's a significant difference. He is the number two passer rating against zone defenses this season in comparison to a number 25 ranking against man-to-man coverage. So even though this spread has adjusted from four and a half down to three, which is where I bet the Giants at, and I get it, it's maybe a little bit more of a significant adjustment than people would anticipate or than people would think to the point that there's value in the spread, in the current spread at a field goal. But I bet the Giants at plus three. I still think it's a a warranted adjustment, and I'm back in big blue in this wild card game. I mean, we've talked about this week in and week out that if you were just to take a look at this Vikings record, it absolutely does not tell the whole story. I think Mo would say it's probably one of the most fraudulent records in the NFL. And we talked about the last two times that these teams met. The Giants... I mean, yes, the Vikings won the game, but the Giants kind of shot themselves in the foot in that matchup. They put up 445 offensive yards, but key mistakes like a Daniel Jones um, interception. We had drop passes. I mean, the the game really could have went either way. Minnesota ranks 31st in pass defense, so I'm interested to see if they go to Barkley this time because they think that Minnesota has adjusted because they went to Daniel Jones over and over and over in that Christmas Eve matchup. They had, I believe, almost 50 dropbacks from Daniel Jones compared to just just under 20 run plays in the last time that these two teams met. So I'm interested to see if they rely on Daniel Jones that heavily again or if they feel like Minnesota has made that adjustment after they put up so, so many offensive yards against them in that last matchup. Now, this Giants team also has the second fewest turnovers in the league this season, so I also think taking time away from Minnesota is going to be crucial here. And the Giants have a 7-1 and against the spread record on the road. I think they, they can continue that. I definitely think that they can cover, if not win, outright in this one. Mo, what do you think? I thought the line was right. Um, <clears throat> like, my initial instinct was this line should be three. 
<clears throat> I'm definitely seeing things on both sides. I mean, like you guys were saying, really, the Giants kind of should have won that other game. I know they fell behind kind of early, but it was basically turnovers and penalties. I mean, they had like, I think it was seven for 63 penalties and then minus two in the turnover department. I believe Minnesota was clean in that game with none. So, and I think they had one penalty. So they just really got, they really got killed on penalties and turnovers. And it was just really their own mistakes. Uh, that being said, like Eli said, the, the first time quarterback on the road in a very tough environment, one of the few that you would say like might make a difference. Um, and, and just overall, I think the Vikings have a more talented team, but I, I am concerned about the offensive line for sure. I mean, especially with, Man, Kayvon Thibodeau has really been picking it up. He's looking good lately. Uh, celebrations by dead quarterbacks notwithstanding. <laughs> but, uh, yeah, I'm, I'm seeing something Ole Udo is projected to be the starter now for, for Minnesota. No idea who that is. It looks like he played 132 snaps only this season. Um, PFF likes what he's been doing. Uh, he's a sixth rounder from a few years back out of Elon. I don't know if he's ready for an assignment like this and a game like this. So... We'll see uh, what this Vikings passing offense looks like. If they have multiple O-linemen now, I mean, we've seen sometimes in the past where cascading injuries on the O-line can really, uh, like, just sink even the best of offenses. I mean, obviously, the best example is probably the Chiefs in the Super Bowl, uh, you know, just a team that they just pretty much dominated in the regular season and then just all the injuries and they just got overwhelmed up front by the bucks. So uh, if the giants can do the same thing, um, yeah, then they should honestly win this game. All right. Now taking it into our final game for today's show, we are taking a look at the Bengals who will begin defending their AFC title on Sunday night against the Baltimore Ravens. Now this one is a tough one to handicap and Eli, you're going to go into some of the reasons a little bit more, but we haven't seen Lamar Jackson play in the last five games, and we're still not even sure if he's going to play on Sunday. So kind of talk us through this line. If you if you think that the line has, you know, basically built in this Lamar uncertainty, what, what are your thoughts on this one? Yeah, Nicole, definitely baked in. Like you mentioned, missing the last five games with the PCL injury. So it's unknown if he's going to practice or play. Honestly, listening to Harbaugh and kind of reading between the lines of some of the beat reporters, it sounds like it's leaning more towards, or Jackson's injuries leaning more towards him sitting out this game, and then you factor in the contract and maybe personal preference long-term for him in terms of value in the market and value towards the Ravens if he wants to stay there or doesn't want to stay there. So just a lot of different factors going into not only Baltimore's entire injury report and the injuries on both sides for both teams, but individually, if Jackson is going to play for a lot of different reasons. And just looking at Baltimore from their offensive structure under Greg Roman, this is well known. This isn't up in the air or there isn't any uncertainty for these two guys, but Ravens obviously still without Rashad Bateman and Devin Duvernay. Now on the flip side, the Bengals are without some key offensive linemen, including right guard Alex Kappa, who got hurt against the Ravens in week 18. Remember these two teams just faced off similar to the Giants and the Vikings, except it was just last week. Uh, Kappa suffered a left knee injury against the Ravens and Lyle Collins their right tackle is also out. And then the Bengals are still without one of the better cornerbacks in the league in a woozier. And then you also factor in not only is Joe Burrow's offensive line 
hurt, but Burrow and this Bengals offense is putting up the fourth fewest yards per play in their last three games. So the efficiency, the effectiveness just hasn't been there of late. Burrow mentioned in after the game that his struggles were kind of warranted and Then you factor in how well this Ravens defense is playing. They've allowed 16 points or fewer in six of their last eight games. Bengals turnover luck is also something to consider. Cincinnati ranks number six in the league in turnover differential. So that could carry over for an entire season, certainly, and into the playoffs. But Cincinnati has gotten a bit lucky. And then if this offensive woes continue... Things could continue just to go south overall for the Bengals, even though they've won the division. Granted, didn't play in week 17 or that game didn't count, but nonetheless, it it all boils down to Lamar Jackson's status. If he plays, and even if this line gets adjusted down, which it definitely will, I still think it's over the key number of three. If he does play, and I'll be on, the Ravens may take a look towards the under, which is sitting at 43.5 if he doesn't play, but... Just too many factors to consider at this point for me to bet anything in this game. I'm going to wait, even though the adjustments will definitely come with with Jackson's status being determined. Yeah, and I think this is on me. I forgot to mention, I believe the Bengals are currently six and a half point favorites. So I think we forgot to touch on that in the beginning. But um, yeah, these two teams just played each other. The Bengals came out on top. I don't know how much the game plan is going to change with Lamar potentially in the mix. Like you said, it's probably baked into this current line. But again, even if he does start, he hasn't really taken any meaningful snaps, any meaningful practice reps in the last five weeks. So I think he's going to be a little rusty if they, you know, thrust him back into the mix in this wild card matchup. Now, I'm not sure I would bet on the spread either. I'm leaning with you betting the under here. The defenses have been solid since he allowed 21 or fewer points six times in their last eight games. And Baltimore, like you said, Eli, allowing 16 or fewer points in six of the last eight games with those numbers being what they are from these two defenses and the Ravens still potentially hampered on offense with the Lamar injury, not knowing if he's hundred percent. I'm going to take the under at 40 under 43 and a half. Mo, what's uh, your thoughts on this one? Well, I have more guts than you guys. <laughs> and uh, wow. I guess maybe just a uh, more, uh, <laughs> more risk tolerance. <laughs> I feel like is. I've been wrong on these more than I've been right, but I keep uh, banking on some of these quarterbacks uh, situations going a certain way. And I feel like more of them have gone against me than not, but going to try again, already locked in Ravens plus six and a half. Um, Like Eli said, the line is just too high. If Lamar plays, Uh, I I think we're going to see something closer to Cincy minus four here. Um, Man, strong chance was the quote. I, I went by strong chance. They said strong chance. Now they're waffling, but I don't know. I'm hoping it's just a smoke screen and they don't want the Bengals to be able to walk in and prepare for Lamar. We have been seeing another thing that I've been noticing, same as Eli. Uh, this Bengals offense hasn't been as good as people think lately. I know they've trucked a lot of these bad teams, 37, whatever it was on the Steelers, 30-something, 40, whatever it was on the Panthers. But... We've seen them struggle against some of the stronger pass defenses they faced. That Bucks game, not to bring up more past pain for myself, but <laughs> you know, four and a half yards per attempt for I'm Joe Burrow on dropbacks in that game. Four point six versus the Ravens. 
last game. Like Eli said, this offense, it's very good, but they have shown themselves that they can be slowed down by these stronger pass defenses. And and the Ravens might be one of these strongest pass defenses. I mean, this defense has had a sneaky elite season. After their early struggles, they've been very, very strong. And I know the level of competition hasn't been good, but DVOA is supposed to take that into account, and DVOA has them seventh. So ever since week three, basically they've had one bad game uh, as far as defending opposing offenses, which was when Jacksonville destroyed them uh, at home. And that's basically been it. Even even in week three when they lost to the Bills 23-20, to they really limited Josh Allen. And that was when the Bills were absolutely cooking, looking like a completely unstoppable force on offense. So uh, I, I do like the Ravens here. And, and yeah, like another thing Eli said, like the turnovers. I mean, the Bucks game, the Ravens game, they were basically handed those games by opposing turnovers. And yeah, when it's Anthony Brown, that's fine. That's predictive. You can say, <laughs> okay, I knew that was going to happen, right? It's Anthony Brown, sure. But if this is Lamar Jackson, you know, I mean, I'm not saying Lamar Jackson is the best in the world at taking care of the ball. We've seen some bizarre turnovers from him for sure. He has some baffling interceptions at times, but I don't think you can ever say you expect four turnovers. So, uh, yeah, this game should be close. I mean, this should just be a close game if Lamar's in there. And just to take this conversation full circle, too, Mo, you mentioned, and I hit on it, Daniel Jones or the first start for quarterbacks in a playoff game stat and a record. But coaching matters, too. And I brought up Brian Dable and Daniel Jones, obviously Jones having Dable to work with. But, I mean, the coaching mismatch in this game between John Harbaugh and Zach Taylor. I know Cincinnati is the defending AFC champions, but, I mean, that is a mismatch. I don't want to say no matter who starts a quarterback for the Ravens because Anthony Brown started a quarterback for Baltimore. is definitely a, a downgrade over one of the better quarterbacks in the NFL. And also to take this conversation full circle, Nicole truly, truly jinxed our Ravens futures I knew it was coming. to win the AFC North. Yeah, you, you really screwed us over. Nicole. Sorry, Come guys. Now. We are all, uh, I think, pretty excited over here for the, for the for the playoffs to begin. And uh, thanks for sticking with us this whole season. And if you are betting on the wild card weekend, good luck with your bets. As always, head over to thelines.com because these guys are going to have written previews for you. And check out our Discord. <laughs> 